everybody. It's Ryan from Pi Records, and I'm here with Hunter King from Storm Surge of Reverb. How are you, Hunter? I'm doing great. I've been drinking coffee all day, so I am ready to go. And uh, like from like 9 a.m. To, to like right now, which is 9 p.m. our time. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a laid back day for the most part. It's we're, we're heading into New Orleans summer, which is brutal, but we're not there yet. And that's what matters. <laughs> <laughs> so for, first, for a little for people who may be listening, who don't know your history, um, tell me about how you started Storm, Storm Surge of Reverb and what was your mission? Um, I'm, I'm going to give you, I feel like I've, I've had an elevator pitch, but I'm going to try and do the long version. Uh, so um, let's see. I mean, I guess, I guess there's three parts to this. Probably, I'll probably add more as I go. <laughs> um, I guess to some extent, you know, there's how I came to like surf music, which I feel like is a question almost everybody wants to know about each other, um, you know, which was basically more or less that uh, <laughs> a friend of mine left a Dick Dale CD in my car and that was pretty much it. I was just like, this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to, uh, even though it's a vocal track, King of the Surf Guitar especially just took me away. Like the, the sound of, it was that, uh, that greatest hits uh, record. I think Rhino put it out. The, the, um, blue, the blue one with Dick on the surfboard? Not the, not the blue and yellow one. Uh, it's like gray and purple and green, I think. Okay. Uh, with the red yeah. font? Uh, no, not that one. Huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a Dick Dale <laughs> compilation though. Um, and yeah, you know, I just got sucked into it. And then, you know, over time I was picking up, uh, low straight jackets, man or Astro man. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, uh, then when I was in college and this, I actually don't really know my timeline. I don't know if that was high school or if, or if that when it like was a summer in between college, I know I listened to that. Uh, in New Orleans, but I went to college in, uh, I went to Wesleyan University in Middletown, Connecticut, and I knew right away that I wanted to do uh, college radio, like, instantly, uh, but the, uh, the they, they had a culture there, almost, of, like, everybody was doing what we at WTUL call specialty shows, uh, you know, they had, a lot of people, you know, I feel like doing a free form show, as they called it, was it was like being undecided as your major. Like everybody had to to choose a little thing to jump into. They didn't actually have to, but I just felt like there was a a pressure within the station to do it. Um, mostly just because we had some amazing shows like that. Um, this this station was W E S U, and uh, I actually understudied under this guy uh, Rockabilly Willie, who's sort of my my radio godfather. Um, he, he, you know, people think that I'm hyped up during my show. He was, he was next level, man. I'm nothing compared <laughs> to him. He, he don't have all these phrases that he do. He go, man, oh man, smoke a Roy tan. And like, he, he lead into a song like, all right, we're greasing up my hair. We got our jelly, got comb it, comb it, comb it. You know, he's, uh, you know, and so. I, I tried to get a little bit of, of that from him. Uh, he definitely showed me that there was an alternative to sort of the, the NPR voice that 
you know, I yeah. feel like is a plague amongst uh, college radio DJs. Like I've met really energetic people that as soon as they're in front of a mic, they, they start whispering and you know, yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> uh, and in, in the in the case of a surf show, you can't really do that. Like I feel like the music's so high energy that I'm I'm just trying to keep that energy. I feel like whenever I jump into the mic, the energy level is slowly going down. <laughs> if if I can at least keep my my energy level high, then the slope will at least be less drastic. Uh, <laughs> So that's why I tried to, I guess, take some of that from Rockabilly Willie. He actually passed away, unfortunately. Um, every year I donate to WSU, uh, listing him as my favorite show. Ah. Um, he even, he played Surfer once in a while, too. He'd play uh, uh, El Aguila uh, by the Astronauts almost every week. Oh, wait, no, no. I think he played the Al Casey. Uh, no, the Al Casey did that song. Anyway, yeah. Um, anyway um i guess that that was sort of the genesis of storm surge of reverb it was uh you know it was at wesu and i just decided surf was it and it took uh i had decided on that probably a full semester before i actually did a show because i didn't want to look like a total idiot uh, i would say i did look like an idiot at the time i figured idiot was unavoidable uh, that's kind of what the, what the whole uh, radio personality was was about too i'd rather like go full force idiot rather than uh than trying to sound cool idiot uh, <laughs> um so yeah um and then so eventually i made storm surge of reverb and the the name was a uh a sort of reference to my hometown town of new orleans this was like 2007 or maybe it was 2006 that i started the show um no, i think it was 2007 uh early 2007 so this was immediately post Katrina. Um, I was oh. very homesick. Uh, and so storm surge is a hurricane term. Uh, so it was kind of a way to, to bring it back to my hometown a little bit. Interesting. Um, and at the time, I think it was an hour show, um, which was a lot more manageable. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I, I graduated and I immediately went to WTUL because I love college radio and WTUL was the station that I grew up listening to. But I was like, I've never listened to surf music again. again I'm so burnt out on this stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then it just sort of crept back in little by little. And then I just, I, I started Storm Surge of Reverb back, uh, back up again, all over again. Um, and the other part of this too, that was kind of happening too, um, you know, I, I was listening to all sorts of music. I was a uh, music director for WESU for two years. Um, you know, so I was listening to all sorts. I listened to a lot of punk in high school. Uh, and I, first of all, I burnt down on a lot of music just from being music director. It, it'll exhaust you just having to listen to all the stuff coming in and all, even the good stuff starts to sound the same. Uh, so I wanted to surf music, um, but um, and the other thing too, though, I, I just like, I was listening to a lot of post-punk and stuff and, you know, I, I really loved Sonic Youth. I still love Sonic Youth, but just really like a lot of my friends were in noise bands, experimental music, and I just kind of got sick of the artifice. I've also never been good at listening to lyrics. I've just, I've never under, 
been able to understand them. I just, my brain doesn't parse them well with, uh, with music. And uh, at one point I just like sort of broke down and, and uh, it was like a spiritual awakening, just sort of discovering the simplicity of rock and roll, just the, the simple raw emotion of not just surf, but garage rock. Uh, you know, I think surf is even more direct since it's instrumental, but you know, I was also, uh, the Oblivions played five songs with Mr. Quintron. That was like a, a really important record for me at the time. It actually was a spiritual record and I was feeling like I was having a, a spiritual awakening of rock and roll. Uh, you know, it was, and so, uh yeah i like just being in college and hearing people talk about music and it, it was even people that i really liked i just kind of felt like they were saying nonsense <laughs> and i just liked hearing music that was was just about feeling good having fun dance moves etc uh <laughs> um yeah I could probably say more, but I, I don't know which direction to go in. But that, that was a pretty thorough explanation, I think. Uh, and so, yeah, that was the radio show. And then eventually I tacked on the website arm, uh, which to some extent was just kind of an, an SEO thing. <laughs> was like, I had my radio show and I was trying to get the word out. And, uh, you know, there's a ton of great surf radio shows out there. And I was like, why would anybody listen to me over uh like John Paul uh, <laughs> uh or some of the other people have been established in doing this for ages and uh so I kind of thought well like well first of all I'll post my playlist on this website and people google their bands they'll see that I'm I'm playing them and then I was like well I'm already like scraping the bottom of bar the barrel looking for new surf music I might as well tell people about it and then I started writing reviews of literally every surf record I could find for a little while. And, uh, and eventually burnt out uh, the past like two or three years. I've certainly not been doing that. I also, I, it was kind of, I had a nice schedule for doing it and that has been thrown out the window. Uh, but that was, you know, it was the same idea. Like if I just write about all of this stuff, then, you know, people will find me. <laughs> uh, and that was kind of the idea behind it. Uh, it was a little bit of writing exercise, you know, writing, trying to come up with something to say about every surf record, uh, especially trying to keep it positive because yeah, I don't want to, you know, trash anybody. Uh, but yeah, that's a lot. Sorry. No, <laughs> it's a bit of a rant. <laughs> but but it's, it's funny you say it that way because my, um, my wife Jenny does reviews on our channel Mm -hmm. And I interview bands. That's kind of our 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 niches. And I never my my goal is to say only positive things about everything people send in. Yeah. Whether whether it's something that we're into, it you know it's to help help the bands. You know, like mm -hmm. the bands send us something and want their feedback. You have to look at it objectively rather than just you know oh that's not my kind of music in me you know what i mean yeah and i you know people put a lot of effort into making making records they spend money on it especially you know it's not like somebody else is fronting fronting the money in surf music uh you know it's it's a lot of work to put in an album my my wife is a musician you know i've watched her do it three times four no 
it's it's rough you know it's uh there are definitely i mean there are plenty of albums that i don't like uh but uh <laughs> i, I kind of think about like uh reality shows you know there's that that phrase they all use in, in reality shows like i'm not here to make friends and yeah, not, yeah. i'm here to make friends yeah. <laughs> i'm the opposite <laughs> yeah. it's much more um I, I find that a lot of people that I talk to about surf music, it's more about the relationships that that you that you make with the people that you talk to. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, everybody helping everybody, and and that's one of the great things about the scene is that just everybody from all over the world just 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 kind of needs to be connected. I think. Yeah, yeah, and we're all all alike. It was in that, you know, you and I, I think we're in, in great positions for that sort of thing too. Like uh, I, when I went to Surfer Joe, uh, I was just blown away that like, you know, people in Europe, uh, like I'd meet them and they'd be like, oh, I wanted to meet you. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of don't know until like you experience that, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I just you know I don't I don't play music. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> y'all are y'all are making the music. You know y'all are doing the cool stuff. Um, but I we I think you and I have put ourselves in a unique position where we're kind of uh, able to be the connective tissue between a lot of these people, uh, which is really uh, it, it's got it's, it, I'm I'm not making any money. But uh, no, it, it keeps its own rewards. So. <laughs> I get to so I get to sometimes go see Surfer Joe and and meet him and, and Slowy in the boats and I got to uh, I got to shoot um, uh, Vincent from High Tide DJing mm -hmm. with his wife Magdalena, like things like that on the East Coast that I can do right now. I'm doing. Um, I would love to to travel but you know we'll see how how long that takes to get to that point sure and uh, i i gotta say too like i i'm not despite radio and uh i don't know people people i i'm actually not that much of like a a social person generally um i i survived the lockdown just fine <laughs> but uh um I gotta say, like going to you know some of these festivals uh, has been absolutely worth for me. And again, I've got a little bit of an advantage being a little bit of a, a public figure within the scene. Uh, but like going to the more and more and meeting people and like eventually kind of pushing myself out of my comfort zone, it, yeah. it's been worth it every time. Uh, you know, just I've I've made friends across the world, which is amazing. And I'll. One thing that's been really cool too is I've had people like visiting New Orleans and just say like, "Hey, I'm in a surf band. Let's meet up." Like, I'm like, "Cool, that's great." You know, like, uh, it's much more likely that they visit me than them, than them. It feels like you know, so uh, you don't get a lot of, of people touring surf bands through here, but you know, people vacation in New Orleans. So yeah, totally. Oh, I have something to show you before we go any further. Oh, sure. What is this? It's a uh, it's a transmitter tube. Oh wow! For my dad's radio station. 
Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's uh it's an AM transmitter to Okay. Yeah. And over here I have the uh the VU meter from my, my parents my parents' radio station. Oh that's really cool, yeah. You can tell how old that thing is. Yeah. I wonder if you can hook up hook it up to anything. I'm sure it's pretty simple, but I don't know. Yeah. It's got no no like no place to plug anything in. I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I thought you might be interested in something. Oh, always. Yeah. I'm, you know, I am the, I was the tech director for our station. I've since ascended to a higher nebulous position of, of tech. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I love radio in general. Um, you know, it's, you know, I love surf music, but I also like, you know, I am a record collector before I'm a surf music, uh, a surf person. Uh, and I'm a radio nerd too. You know, it's all, it's all a synthesis of, of, of different things. <laughs> that was, uh, that was one of my first jobs working for my dad was being, uh, on air and I would spin polka records. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, cause I've been Pennsylvania. There's a lot of Pennsylvania Dutch that are into the polka. Sure, yeah. So that's that's where I I started, and then uh, I went to college for for music. But um, and here I am now doing a, a quasi radio thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, again, it's kind of like I, I, yeah, radio I, has has big air quotes around it these days. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you, you could get it anywhere now. You yeah, yeah. Get that, that, that same type of show. Um, what I like about your show, though, is that, like the others, uh, John Paul's, uh, Dottie's, Shaking Cats Radio, th- you guys are out there actively searching, and you find mm-hmm. these things, like you're ahead of the curve, and that's what radio used to be about before, you know, the record companies used to, yeah, you know, yeah. payola. <laughs> And it's, it's, I don't know, like, that's what gets me excited, especially like when I have, my show is two hours, man. It's, it's, it's difficult to put together a two hour show on a weekly basis. And so like, I, I need that new stuff. I, I need to fill time. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I want the new stuff. That's naturally who I am. I almost have like horrible listening habits in general. Like I, if I love an album, it means I'll listen to it five times, which is yeah. like, that's, like, I feel like that's, that's how, how many times people decide that they don't like an album, but like, I don't know. I just, I just consume music at a stupid pace. And I, it's, that's not a brag. I actually think it's an unhealthy way to listen to music. <laughs> I, I feel like I have not fallen in love with an album like I did in high school where I just like listen to it for a week on repeat and just like just get immersed in it that has not happened in decades for me and I I miss that sort of thing but that's just that's just not how I operate anymore I just kind of I just always have to hear something new surf or otherwise there's I I think one of the things that your listeners and my listeners would 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 might not know is that there are 
probably a hundred times more banes that are undiscovered mm -hmm. by people like you and I um, than are than than people know about. There's just so much, and all you have to do is kind of you know just Google it, you know, and you find this list of all these bands, and 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 there's just I I, I just think it it's a way to uh, to connect people, you know. Yeah. I, I kind of like when we're doing our, our our fundraiser, I pulled this line out a lot, but I, I kind of feel like for a genre as seemingly obscure as surf, if I can like consistently come up with new stuff and fill a two hour show on a weekly basis, like that's the case for most genres. Like if, yeah. you, if you don't like surf, whatever you're into, like it, the it's infinite you know like music there's just an endless sea of it like <laughs> uh however, cool like, whatever you're into just stuff. dig you'll you can dig forever <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah totally um so before we run out of time my i just my uh my zoom just gave me uh oh, yeah, i saw that too running, oh you saw that <laughs> yeah so before we get cut off i wanted to thank you for coming on the show and uh give you a chance to say something to our listeners and anything that might be coming up with your show or storm Surge of reverb. Oh man. Um, you know, I feel like whenever I have a theme for my show, it's usually like, uh, it, the idea for it comes like two minutes, I mean, two weeks in advance at most. Like I always have like a sort of playlist tab on the side where I'm filing away weird ideas for a show, but I don't have one yet. Uh, so I guess just listen uh, on WTUL, uh, Storm Surge of Reverb, Mondays, 4 to 6 Central Time. Uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I don't have any, any special things coming up necessarily. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Hunter. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Hey, everybody. It's Ryan from Pi Records, and I'm back with... Hunter King from Storm Surge Reverb, and we're going to do a top five. Top five most important albums to you, Hunter. All right. Well, actually, probably, will it be albums? If you, if I'm permitted to do 45s, I'm you could do seven, mostly 45s. Yeah, seven, seven inches are cool, too. Yeah. Um, As you can see over here, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, let's see. Number five. I'm going to pretend like these are in order. They're probably not. Uh, <laughs> um, the 45 that got me into collecting 45s was, uh, was Kick Out by the Safaris. Uh, not the ah. Safaris, but the Safaris. Uh, I was uh, doing my, I was doing Storm Surge Reverb while I was still at WESU, and I was just dying trying to come up with more stuff to put in this show and uh, started hitting flea markets. And I was already doing that, looking for LPs, uh, but I was, like I said, I was desperate. And so I'm in the 45 uh, bin and started going through and I found this 45 and it's a great track. I mean, it's it's basically a, a, a wipeout ripoff, but whatever, it's still yeah. great. And at the time it was, it was mostly uncomped. Like I couldn't find it on any compilations. I think it actually was on a compilation at the time and it has been on some since, but still I was like, 
I could not have heard this if I weren't doing this. And that that was what got me into 45s. And to this day, I, I kind of prefer 45s over shopping for LPs. Um, it's just a little more Wild West. You know, I, I <laughs> search for records trying to find things that I haven't heard before. And uh, easy, that's that happens more in 45s than LPs. Yeah. Um, so, okay, number four. I'm worried I only have four in my mind. So, <laughs> but anyway, number four <laughs> is going to be uh, Green Slime. Uh, the, uh, I think it's actually Richard Delvey, I think, did it, but you know, it doesn't have a band uh, attached to it. It's a vocal track, it's from the B movie, B Green Slime. Uh, that was my first sort of uh, like holy grail record that uh, I was trying to get. And at the time it was, when I finally got it, it was the first time I ever spent more than a hundred dollars on a 45. I haven't done that much since then, <laughs> uh, but it was a like beautiful picture sleeve version. Uh, it's, it's a completely ridiculous song. Uh, <laughs> it, I urge you to look it up if you're listening to this. I, I, yeah, um, I'm going to look it up. With it. Huh? I'm going to look it up too. <laughs> oh, it's, it's absolutely great. Um, yeah. And so I regret nothing uh, <laughs> by spending <laughs> over $100 on it. it uh, next up, I'm going to go with, uh, hmm. Let's see. I'm, I'm doing most important, not favorites. Uh, but maybe I'll just go with what I remember as being my first uh, final record, which was uh, Q and not you, no kill, no beep beep. Uh, because I ordered it from Discord's website and I thought I ordered a CD. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I love that album, uh, to this day. And uh, so, uh, I'll, I'll say that one. Um, I let's see, I have a original uh copy of uh. Link Ray's first record. I'm gonna put that at number two. Uh, oh no, mm, uh, I'm regretting this already. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? Maybe I'll just stick with 45s, even though I just put that LP in there. I'm okay. I'm gonna go back a little bit. Number three again. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with uh, Les Talismans, uh, L'Interplanetaire. Uh, it's a 45 was just recently reissued this past year. Uh, it's just a monstrous surf song uh, from Canada. Uh, it's and I, I traded a friend for it. And it was actually a duplicate copy of what's going to be my number one record. Um, but I just get goosebumps every time. Uh, and um, let's see. Huh. It's hard, right? Huh? It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> number two, I, I think I'm going to go with, even though I don't like this song quite as much as number three, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Los Jaguars from Peru, Leyenda India. Uh, just because that Peruvian surf uh, sound uh, just kind of mixed with psychedelics, sometimes cumbia, that stuff, uh, 
it just sounds heavenly to me when i, when I first yeah. heard it it just kind of oh it just melted me and that uh one in particular just is like nothing else um i also really love los belkings out of there i probably prefer them as a band over los jaguars um but that 45 if i were to pick i've decided that i'm going to pick a uh peruvian 45 for number two and i choose that one number one is um is the Morgus Creek uh, by the Derringers. And I have a huge article on my website about my whole uh, saga about this. I, uh, you know, Morgus the Magnificent was a horror host, um, you know, sort of like Sven Gulli and, uh, you know, all those people. Uh, he started out his career in New Orleans and eventually went to Michigan. Uh, so when he was in New Orleans, he cut a few records with like New Orleans royalty, uh, like uh, Dr. John, uh, Frankie Ford. Uh, those are, and the, you can find those in New Orleans. They're, they're rare and they're valuable, but I have most of them, I think. Um, they're cool. But he released an album uh, called uh, Morgus Creek with this band, The Derringers. And yeah, you know, one side is a is a cool uh, you know it's it's a cool vocal track. The other side is a ripping instrumental, uh, Halloween instrumental. And this guy once uh, messaged me out of the blues. He linked me to a Reddit thread in the Unsolved Mysteries subreddit. Uh, somebody was trying to find out more about this band, and me and this other guy on Reddit basically were like, all right let's do this, let's dig into this. And we scraped everything we could to find out who the Derringers were um, and how this record was made. And uh, yeah, we were looking at like every name we could find, every possible, like where it was uh, probably pressed, any scrap that we could find. I eventually, so Morgus was alive at the time. He has since passed away. Uh, his name is Sid Noel, that's his real name. Uh, he was a bit of a recluse, uh, but I had managed to track down somebody that had a relationship with him, and he just happened to be like a recording engineer, uh, to ask him about that record for me. <laughs> and so I got so I got recluse Morgus to weigh in on the record and basically say, oh, it was a good bunch of little kids. I don't remember what their names are. <laughs> 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 nice. So uh, we've kind of felt like we were at a dead end again even though that was huge and um the thing was it was a picture disc and i was like okay i'd seen a picture of the the front sleeve i had no idea it was on the back sleeve and so he and i were like i think we're at a dead end all we can do is somehow find this record and all my record collecting friends in new orleans had never gotten a hold of this record i didn't know how this was going to happen uh, so we'd almost just given up. And so one day I was going gar garage sailing and I find, I just go to a random garage sale and they don't even have any records out. She asks if I'm looking for anything and she says, and I've said records. Uh, she says, oh, I just have stuff that a teenage girl in the sixties would like. I don't think you want that. I'm like, really now? <laughs> <laughs> but, so I go through it and there it is. There's there's the 
most important record to me at this time. It's in great shape. And there's two other copies without the picture disc. I flip it over instantly to see what's on the back and it's nothing. I had never seen this before. It was a generic sleeve pasted yeah. through a front sleeve. Like there was no back sleeve at all. So yeah. I had no extra hints. <laughs> but, uh, I eventually, you know, I was posting all this stuff on my website. It was just happening. And one day I'm, I'm doing my radio show and I get a call and it's the guitarist. He had found my radio show his his daughter googled his old band found my page and called my radio show and told me all about it mystery solved um so <laughs> it was so rewarding uh, <laughs> it was amazing i, I don't uh, want to stop you but we're going to get cut off <laughs> yes <laughs> i was trying to rush <laughs> uh i just didn't want to i didn't want to get your story cut off um thank you so much um Let's hop off and then hop back on so we can uh, wrap it up. Yes. All right. Awesome.